Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford, and we're coming to you live today on Small Business IT Radio. Kind of a special show we got lined up today. Middle of the week, kind of an oddball time to do it, but uh, you know what? This is the only time we can get it done. So, you know, we, as we're talking on our pre-conference uh, uh, chat, we're going to call an audible hearing uh, and do it midweek. I got my good friend Arlen Sorensen on the line, and uh, my other wonderful friend, Mr. Bob Berg, who's the uh, one of the authors of The Goal-Giver, and this uh, this show is going to kind of highlight uh, some, some great events that are coming up in the next little bit here around uh, Heartland Tech Groups, uh, the HEG Summit, our April uh, Q2 meetings, and uh, highlight some of the things that Mr. Berger is going to talk about uh, at his keynote talk on uh, uh, that third week of April. Uh, I think it's on the yeah, you know, I don't even have the agenda in front of me. Either the Tuesday afternoon or the Wednesday afternoon. No, Tuesday afternoon, I believe it is, uh, in Dallas, Texas. So, I want to welcome Arlen and Bob to our uh, to our call this morning. Good morning, Arlen, and you're down in uh, Georgia somewhere. We actually are driving today from Georgia to South Carolina, uh, spending a little time away from the office, and uh, looking forward to our time together on the phone and just to uh, make sure everybody has the dates right, Stuart. Uh, the summit, HTG Summit, is the 21st to the 23rd of April, and Bob will be speaking on Tuesday afternoon as our keynote speaker, and we are really excited about that opportunity. Well, this is not the uh, first time, Arlen. We had a, a call with you, me, and uh, and Bob. We did this sometime back in September. I do believe it was right in the middle of the ConnectWise conference. We did that, and we were all in we were all in Florida, and we had Bob on doing the highlights of uh, the Goal Giver book, which is something that uh, all HTG HTG in general live by. But uh, Arlen, give us a, you know before we dive in with Bob and the Goal Giver, give us an overall of what's happening in the HEG world. Maybe some some of those IT partners that are tuning us in that have no idea what HEG is about, but you know they heard the buzz. Can you give us a quick uh, infomercial about HEG? Sure, be glad to. HTG is really a set of communities of of partners that gather every quarter to share best practices with with one another and, and to really push each other uh, to be accountable and execute. Uh, we build groups of 12 company uh, owners that meet uh, for two days every quarter, and they spend time together really digging into each other's businesses and become a virtual board of directors for one another. And it, it really gives us an opportunity to, to get down in the trenches together and, and help uh, take away some of the things that we would have to learn the hard way if we didn't have this kind of interaction. So we're up to uh, filling our 19th group now. Uh, so we're over 200 partners strong, plus uh, having a group in Canada and uh, the UK now. And uh, the uh, program continues to grow and mature. Uh, the summit is a, a culmination of a lot of hard work and uh, part of our annual strategy to uh, bring together a conference of some of the best and brightest to help us uh, on our quest to become better companies. So. We're really excited about what HTG is doing and the uh, the path we're on to help our members really grow their organizations. Great, and uh, and and thanks, Arlen, for that. And HTG has definitely uh, grown, uh, you know, over the last several years from when I first got introduced two years ago. And um, you know, you built the 
the builder group on the and the principles of a lot of the, the core principles that are in the Go Giver book, and we're very pleased to have Bob with us today, uh, one of the co-authors. I do be co-authors of the book there, Bob. Tell us about Go Giver. Where did this whole vision start, Bob? You know what, you know what got it to where it is today. Sure. Well, you know, years ago I had a, a, a book called Endless Referrals, uh, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales, which was really nothing more than a book on how to systematically and pragmatically go about networking. And, you know, networking is often a term that's misunderstood. Uh, so many people think of it as the the, the stereotypical networker, the slick-walking, fast-talking sales guy type who sort of uh, obnoxiously glad hands and sticks a business card into everybody's face. And, and of course, that's what not what networking is. I define networking as the cultivating of mutually beneficial give and take, win-win relationships with the emphasis on the give. And we'll talk more about that at the conference as well, uh, which I look forward to. Uh, but what happens is it was really, you know, it was a how-to type of book. And uh, eventually, you know, I kind of had this idea in my head that I wanted to turn it into a parable, a business fable, if you will, and I, I enjoy reading those. I pick them up at airports all the time and and uh, enjoy the read, short stories that you get. So I, I in my own mind, I, I had this thought, and then I started to put it on paper, and I realized very quickly, Stuart, that I may be an okay how-to writer, but writing a parable, a fictional story, was absolutely, I was out of my league. And so I reached out to a good friend of mine, John David Mann, who was the uh, uh, who's an author in his own right uh, and is very sought after as a ghostwriter for many, many big books. Uh, but uh, he's also editor-in-chief of a magazine I used to write for, and he was so great at editing uh, that uh, he'd send back uh, the he'd send back the edited versions of my articles. And he's such a he's a brilliant guy. Uh, but so humble, and he'd write back and say, you know, he'd write, hey, Bob, is this okay what I did? And I'd write back and say, John, you write my stuff better than I write my stuff. And so I was very sold on him, and he was the guy I said, you know, I would love him to actually be the, the lead writer with this thing and, and do his magic. Well, it took a while to get John interested because he's so busy uh, that it's hard for him with all the projects he's asked to do. But he said, you know, afterwards he told me, you know, Bob, the reason I really looked at it is because of our relationship, because there was a no like and trust relationship that we had. It's all about the relationship, as, as Arlen teaches, as you teach. And, you know, I'm so blessed to, to you know, Stuart, I've read many of your blog posts, and I follow uh, Arlen's uh, daily email. It's one of the few that I read cover to cover uh, every time when I'm in town. Uh, I think it's so brilliant. And I, you know, it's funny. I get to uh, follow everywhere he goes in the country and, and out of the country from reading it. Uh, the guy makes me tired. I think I travel a lot. This guy's on the road, you know, much more than I am. And I don't know how he has the energy to do what he does. But, Arlen, thank you for your great uh, easing. I mean, I, I just hope everybody on the call is, is reading it and sending it out to other people who can benefit from it. But, you know, John and I got together on this. He took a look at the basic storyline, and he kind of fiddled around with it a little bit, and he said, yeah, we've got something here. And uh, he just did a magnificent job of being what I call the storyteller who made these, these people come alive. So we've just been very blessed that it's been well-received. It's, it's sold well over 100,000 uh, copies in its first year, and it's because of people like you. And, and here's the thing. You know, the people who have embraced this – was not and I and I missed this one. I thought we were going to be sort of and I, and I knew this was nothing new. I mean, these principles are are 
way back. I mean, these are biblically based principles, really, even though we don't come out and say that in in the book. But I knew there was nothing new to this. But I sort of thought that maybe people would pick it up and learn something that they didn't yet kind of know themselves. Nah, very wrong. The early adapters of this book were the people like like the Arlens, the like the Stuarts, the people who already were successful go-givers, who had already been using this long before they ever heard of the book. And they embraced the book, and they began telling other people about it. Now, go-givers, just like level five leaders in the uh, uh, the book Good to Great by Jim Collins, one of my favorite books, they're people who totally embody, first of all, every one of the laws, but they truly embody law number three, the law of influence, which says your influence is determined by how abundantly you put other people's interests first. They're simply people who are much more interested in getting the job done, what they believe the job to be, than in getting credit for getting that job done. They're the ones that are more excited about building everyone else. They, they're they the types who, like John Maxwell says, they, they don't just uh, build a, a group of followers. They build leaders. They they lead. They lead leaders. They teach other people how to become leaders. So uh, that's really uh, you know what it's about. And the book itself is really nothing more than a philosophy, which simply says shifting one's focus from getting to giving. In this case, meaning constantly and consistently adding value to people's lives is not only a nice way to live life, but a very financially profitable way as well. So you know, Bob. Uh, I'll let you in a little secret here that Arlen's supposed to be traveling less this year, too. <laughs> I'll believe that, that when I, I read it. <laughs> I think I remember him saying something like that near the end of last year that he was actually going to, 2009, he was going to spend more time at home, but uh, I think I, you've yet to see that. And so, uh, well, I enjoy you know. learning, knowing about some of these restaurants he's been going to. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know if, you want a, if you want a good barbecue re- review, you just follow Arlen's email. Um, you know, the book was great, and Arlen, and Arlen introduced it to me back uh, about a year and a bit ago. I saw it sitting there next to him when we were in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so I got—I I think the first the first pass through, I, I downloaded it on iTunes. I bought it on iTunes and listened to it in an audio book, and then I got it in a hardcover. But Bob, just you know, people can go pick up the book and learn about the five principles that are in there. But maybe just can we just like touch on them from a very high level and uh, what that means to. Uh, the average IT professional or HCG member, or even, you know, I've uh, I've got friends listening that are not even HCG members that are in my networking influence uh, groups he- around, uh, you know, around my neighborhood here. But you know, what are those five uh, five core principles? Maybe just uh, from a fifty thousand foot overview. Sure. Well, the five uh, the five core principles are number one is the law of value, and this simply says. Uh, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, this, and we talked about this, I think, last time I was on your program, it sounds almost counterintuitive to first hear that. You know, How is it that you, you give more in value than you take in payment? Wouldn't you go broke if you do that? But it comes down to a concept, Stuart, and that is simply understanding the difference between price and value. And whether you're in the IT world, whether you're doing whatever any of your, your fellow networkers are doing, regardless, what it simply means is understanding a difference between the difference between price and value. Price is just a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user. In other words, what is it that they get from this thing, this product? 
this service, this idea, this information, this what have you, that is worth more to them than the money they're exchanging it for. And that's the key. And I often give the example of the accountant who charges X amount of dollars, but you know, saves you even more than that in taxes. <laughs> you know, so you're getting much more in value than what you paid for it, but the accountant still makes a profit. And that's the kind of relationship that we want to have, where we provide such an experience. You know, in the, in the book, uh, Ernesto, the uh, restaurateur, says, tells Joe the difference between a bad restaurant or an unsuccessful restaurant, uh, a good restaurant, a successful one, and the great one, the mega successful one. And that is the bad restaurant strives, or, you know, tries to give just enough in, in food and service, both quantity and quality, to justify the money it takes from the customer. A good restaurant strives to give the most uh, you know, quantity and quality uh, for, the, for the money it takes. But the great restaurant, the mega successful restaurant, they strive to exceed expectations, to provide such an amazing, unique dining experience that not only do you want to come back, you want to tell everybody about it. And really, that's the whole thing about value. So regardless of what you might do for a living, the, whole, you know, the, the main question to ask yourself is, am I, am I providing more in use value to this person than they're paying for it while I still make a profit? And we're going to actually delve deeper into that and ask a few other questions about what we do that can help us drive that even a little bit further uh, at the conference. Wonderful. So I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me, Bob. And uh, you know, as a as a business owner, I, I get that. Uh, and then, so what's the next uh, the next stage or the next uh, principle? Well, the next one is the law of compensation, and that says your income is determined by uh, how much more, your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to provide more in value or use value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you add that kind of exceptional value to, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. You know, plain and simply, it's one thing to add value. That's your, that's your potential income. But you've also got to touch the lives of a lot of people in order to uh, you know, make a significant income for yourself, and that's how it should be. In a free enterprise-based economy, uh, the amount of money you make is simply direct, uh, directly proportional to the number of people you serve. So if you want to make a lot more money, simply find a lot more people to serve and serve them well. And that's, by the way, the basis of every – but these first two laws are the, the basis of every fortune that's ever been made in a free society. Uh, regardless of who the person is, what they did, what they were like, they had to find a way to provide more in value than what they took in payment or, or people wouldn't buy it because in a free enterprise society, no one's forced to buy from you. Uh, they also had to find a way to touch the lives of a lot of people with this product or service. So, you know, Bob, when we talked last September, that made a lot of sense, but, you know, a lot of things have changed in the world uh, since September. Mm-hmm. I find these two principles to be even more important now, given the the overall state of of the world's economy. Would you uh, agree with that? Uh, I agree. In fact, right now there's even more reason to find ways to add value because it's still, even though you know we we're 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 less and less a free enterprise based economy. I mean, even now, and in, in over the last you know the last fifty years, we've become more and more of what's called a mixed economy where there's a good deal of capitalism 
which is the driving force of a society in which there's a uh, high standard of living. Okay, But there's also a lot of socialistic mixes by government getting involved where they have absolutely no legitimate function or powers to be. And because a bunch of government officials and bureaucrats, well-intended as they may be, they don't know uh, better than the individual what's best for the individual. And the whole thing about a free enterprise-based society is you've got billions and billions and billions of transactions, little ones, medium ones, big ones, going on every day, minute by minute, second by second, and everyone is doing it based on a voluntary exchange of money for value. They're doing what they feel is in their best interest, and individuals know what's in their best interest. Government and politicians and bureaucrats don't. So because it's gotten so messed up, and you know, there's nothing that ruffles my feathers more than when I hear people on talk shows say that we're in this financial crisis right now because capitalism has let us down. In order for that to have happened, there would have had to have been pure capitalism, and, and there hasn't been for a long time. And when I hear them say that banks were, were you know, just unencumbered and uh, what's the word they use, uh, without um, regulations, are you kidding? The banking industry not only is one of the most regulated industries there is, but they were given all sorts of fiat-type incentives, meaning government-enforced uh, incentives to make horrible loans that they had no business making with a guarantee, that's where you know Fannie Mae came in, that even if they made mistakes, they weren't going to have to pay the price. And of course, that all backfired. But it's sort of like saying to somebody, you know what, you, you, I, I'm forcing you, I'm putting pressure on you to go to Las Vegas, and you're going to have to gamble away $3 million dollars. But don't worry, because even if you lose the $3 million, we're going to take up a forced collection from every person at all the casinos in Las Vegas in order to pay you back. So there's nothing free enterprises about this. And as we lose our rights to operate out of the freedom that we, that we have the right guaranteed by our Constitution and Bill of Rights to operate, we've got to find more and more creative ways to add so much value to the process that people cannot resist doing business with us. Does that make sense? Oh, it, it definitely it does, Bob. And maybe I'll invite Arlen in to maybe share a couple of, uh, or even one HCG member story along these uh, these lines that we're ch- chatting about. I'm hoping he's still there and on his mobile. Arlen, do you have I an HCG story that you can share here? Well, certainly, Stuart. Uh, one of the things that we're seeing happen more and more frequently is that HCG uh, members are, are taking the go-giver principles and really applying them to their, their businesses. And uh, it's taken many shapes and forms as, as people try to apply these things uh, you know, in, in real ways in their companies. One of, one of the more common things that I see happening right now is that uh, HTG members are buying copies of the book and, and either handing them out to their employees, uh, you know, and asking their staff to read and, and having discussions around the book, or uh, more creative even than that, uh, a lot of companies are now handing them out to their customers and uh, trying to help share the message of, of adding value, uh, you know, not only themselves as they serve, but uh, encouraging their customers to catch the vision as well. And uh, there's been numerous HTG members that have uh, received the book, which is now part of what a, a new member, uh, kind of their onboarding 
tool, I guess you'd say. Uh, when you become an HDG member, you get a copy of our Peer Power book, which contains uh, you know a bunch of different uh, best practices, and you get a copy of the Go Giver book. And uh, invariably, I get feedback after that uh, book is given to each of the members that uh, it's made an impact, and they're taking it home and they're really putting it to work as they uh, apply it. We actually did this ourselves with our employees in our last company retreat. Everybody got a copy of the book, and uh, it's been fun reading the reports they've written on things they learned, and then uh, they were instructed to find a, a customer to give that to. And that's when the rubber really starts to meet the road, when uh, you walk into one of your good customers' offices and share the book with them and uh, just thank them for doing business with you. So there's lots of ways that I see uh, the go-giver impact people, and uh, Bob's exactly, exactly right. These principles, they seem too simple, but they really work, and they work every time. That's the beauty of it. Well, they sure do, and I, and I even uh, take in that, Arlen, and, and shared it to our entrepreneur group here in Calgary where we the talk that we did in, in Tampa back or in Orlando back in September and uh, replicated that same talk and, and shared the story of the Gold Giver to the uh, Calgary business community, which was, which was phenomenal. Uh, Bob, principle number three, uh, you know, let's uh, carry on so we can keep on t uh, target here in, uh, with our time. Number three, what is it? Any great examples you can share with us? Sure. Number three is the, uh, the law of influence. And the law of influence simply says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's in, uh, interest first. And, and again, you talk about something really uh, counterintuitive right here because it sort of goes against everything that, generally speaking, we're taught as a culture. Uh, that the I'm dating myself here, but that you know the J.R. Ewings are the ones that that you know make them that, that do the best and of course they're the most selfish you know they're the most self self-interested and so forth but really what you find is you know the people that you you know who do real well who have who have amassed a, a good amount of money but at the same time they're very charitable people who have loving relationships they have friends family they love and who love them who are happy with themselves they can genuinely look at themselves in the mirror these are the people always asking themselves, how do I add value to the other person's life? How do I help others? How do I ease their pain? How do I make life better for them? And it might be through your product or service, but it might be through connecting them with someone else who can help them or who they can help. It might be through a kind word or a handwritten note. You know, in the uh, in Endless Referrals, we had a basic premise that, that went throughout the whole book. And, of course, we mention it in the Go-Giver as well in that particular chapter of the Law of Influence. And it simply says that the golden rule of, of business, of sales, of networking, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And uh, you know, I, I really think in today's society where it's so low trust and that that's almost the most important part. <laughs> and I love what, what Stephen M. R. Covey says in his great book, The Speed of Trust. He says that, that there are really two types of trust. There's the trust of competence and character. Uh, if, if we trust someone's character, I mean, we know they're honest and we know that they're nice and we know that they do good things, they try hard, that's fine. But we've also got to trust their competence. 
Now, we might trust their competence. We might know that they're great technicians, that they know what they're doing, that they can solve our, our, our problem, what have you. But if we don't trust their character, we're probably not going to do business with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's really that, uh, that, that trust in, in not only having character, not only having competence, but being able to communicate it in a way that's very effective. And, of course, you know, Stuart, you don't communicate, uh, communicate competency and character by saying, you know, I've got competency and character. You do it through your actions. And you do it a lot of times through investing in that person's happiness first by, uh, you know, being able to, to – excuse me, terribly, being able to find ways to add value to that person's life. But it's really what um, uh, what uh, uh, Powers, uh, Thomas Powers in his great book, Networking for Life, calls uh, the uh, – uh, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the, the term. I just, I just lost it in my head. But it's the willing, yeah, the willing suspension of self-interest, not the foregoing of self-interest, but the suspension of self-interest. Also understanding, we're going to talk about this more at the event, knowing that you know that, that there's a paradox there too, that while you know that through this kind of caring and giving, you know you're going to get a lot back, but at the same time, you can't be emotionally attached to getting back. In other words, you don't give because you're looking to get. You give because you simply love to give. Or as, as uh, Ernesto tells Joe in the book, giving is not a strategy, it's a way of life. And, you know, it's those people who can actually do that and, and have that in their mindset and understand why it's so advantageous to do that, uh, these are the people who really succeed so well. And that's wonderful. I mean, in the, in the, being an influence, and I actually look at it a little differently too, Bob, is, you know, influence is one thing, but inspiration, who can you inspire is, Mm-hmm. You know, kind of goes hand in hand with that. Would you agree? Oh, oh, gosh, absolutely. And you know, I got to tell you a great story. We've been hearing about a, a high school in Valparaiso, uh, Indiana, Wheeler High School, where Don Gandy, the principal, and Randy Stelter, the athletic director, they got their hands on the book. I don't know how they even heard of it, but they they have implemented the Go Giver principles in their school. They got a copy of the book for all the senior class. They quizzed them on. They put a curriculum together. I'm just amazed at what they've done. But one of the things, and, and uh, I thought this was so great, Randy Stelter sent me an email He because he, we had emailed back and forth. I'm actually going to be going in and, and speaking for them. Uh, and no, I do not charge to speak to a high school. I am always happy <laughs> to be able to speak on entrepreneurship, freedom, liberty, uh, go-giver, anything when it comes to any kinds of uh, – high schools and, and so forth and uh so we've been talking we've, we've kind of gotten to be good email friends and he told me he was he had to leave for an appointment he was going to the next town their rival to help them set up a football program and i thought wow talk about the law of influence at work talk about a guy who basically is going to be in a sense training his future competition to Set up, uh, get a, a football team. But what he's really doing and what he knows he's doing is he's building a bigger pie. He's going to have a chance first for there to be a rivalry that's going to help attendance at both schools. He knows he's going to do his part uh, in helping uh, numerous kids develop their character through athletics. He knows he's made another friend that they'll be able to add their part to the world you know, at a, at a later time. Uh, I mean, all the things he's doing is going to come back to benefit him both spiritually and physically, and uh, it's just a neat thing. And here's a guy who just 
all he wants to do is go out there, and he couldn't wait to get out there and help uh, uh, you know, the rival school to set up what he calls a bunch of future Friday night lights. Yeah, well, you know, that's so true, Bob. And I, I mean, I, I've done that in, in, um, in the Calgary market, too, where I, uh, you know, I sit down and I host uh, Microsoft user group meetings where there'll be 10 of my competitors in the room, and we openly share uh, ideas and strategies. And I don't know, maybe I'll invite you in, because that's kind of around the peer group model is, you know, being open and uh, influencing inspiration um, to others in the community. That's what HCG's built on. I think Arlen's still there. Well, maybe I know he's been having some trouble there, Bob. Uh, with his yeah, we might have lost signal. him on the uh, the signal. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, my understanding HCG is built on uh, you know those core principles of being open and sharing and and uh, you know not being afraid to uh, pass along your knowledge to others. The next, uh, the, next, the next principle that really, you know, the next two are really core for, for me anyways is, you know, the law of authenticity is really about uh, the most valuable gift we have to give is, uh, is ourself. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, that is the law. It, it, that, that is the actual law itself. I mean, it is. Being ourselves, our true authentic selves, is the most valuable gift we, we have. And we can take all the, the, the skills and techniques, which are important, by the way, you know, sales skills, technical skills, uh, people skills. They're all just – they're vital, vitally important. But without that authenticity, without knowing that we're coming from our true authentic self, we're not going to have the belief in what we're doing that we need to have. And you know what? It will communicate. It, it, will, it will transfer to that other person, and they will know. You know, it's interesting. There was a, a nice guy who review, did a book review on The Go-Giver, and he's a sales uh, trainer. And he said, the one problem I have with the book, he said, is, there, is that in the chapter on authenticity, they, they, the authors made it appear as though Sales techniques or being able to close or whatever you know wasn't at all important and and you know so forth. So I wrote him back and I I said you know first I thanked him for the review because he, he did a, a very good well thought out review and I said please don't think that in any way John and I are disparaging the technical skills or any kind of skills that you need in a business. Absolutely, they're vitally important. Our only our only thought about this though was that if if you're not that all those are great, but if you're not coming if you're not authentic as you're doing them, you will appear to be what we call I focused or me focused as opposed to other focused. And the fact is, buyers are a lot more sophisticated than they were before, which is good. I'm glad they are. They should be, and we all should be. And so it's it's more vital than ever to be authentic. I guess it's coming from that base of integrity where everything you think and everything you feel and everything you say and everything you do are in alignment with each other. And I don't think anybody would ever think that there's anything wrong with that. And when you've got that, you, you communicate, Stuart, uh, you communicate a power. And people respond to that power. They're attracted to that power. And they want to do business with someone who is authentic like that. That's, I mean, that's so true, Bob. Uh, that's, uh, you know, we have to live that principle uh, throughout our day, every day, or, uh, you know, we'll, we'll struggle. I mean, I, that's my, uh, you know, my uh, belief on that. I'm going to see if Arlen is back now. I know he was, uh, I'm going to see if I can get him on the call here. There sure. he is. Arlen, are you back now? 
I am back, Stuart. Sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. That's uh, the joys of driving and uh, and and trying to do <laughs> and, and trying to do a show at the same time. Are there anything <laughs> you want to add on uh, on the the law of three and four? We talked about uh, you know the law of influence and the law of authenticity. Well, I, I would just add that I I think that uh, you know this whole go giver discussion really comes down to a discussion about leadership and uh, people follow folks that are authentic and that's how you have influences is really to to uh, establish a consistent way of, of leading your organization and you know we're very focused on that in HTG as we try to help people you know become authentic and, and kind of get over a lot of their fears. Uh, one of the things when people join HTG is there's a lot of fear about sharing. There's a lot of fear about letting someone see their financial information. There's just a lot of fear that, that people find are, is really not grounded in anything other than fear itself. And so uh, we really find that as folks get to know one another and become part of a community, they really move past that fear and begin to live life together in a way that's truly beneficial to everybody. And that's when we see the amazing things start to happen in companies. So this really comes down to uh, applying a set of principles to help people become the kind of leaders that uh, that Bob talked about earlier. And uh, well, you know, I really know my, see you what know, happens. You know, my, th- my thing about fear is it's uh, false evidence appearing real. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. A lot of times we have a bunch of fear that's not even you know grounded in anything real. And you talk you talk about financials and opening up. I found the exact opposite. As soon as we opened up and you know and exposed who we really are, remarkable things happened. Uh, Bob, I have a question that's come on through our uh, Blog Talk Radio chat window, and it's from a friend of mine who he's not in the IT industry, but he runs an online guitar business, and he, he gives away a lot of video lessons for free on YouTube and things. And uh, Will's asked, uh, you know, he's giving away lots of great stuff, but he's not generating, you know, the sales to, you know, to reward him from, you know, being that goal giver. Is there anything that you can recommend to him that would, you know, you know, changes to approach or tactics that would, you know, help tilt that skill in uh, in a different direction for him? Well, or I per- or kind of just keep going the way he's going. No, well, first of all, I'd have to actually see what what he's doing and what his marketing strategy is. Um, Because remember, being a go-giver doesn't mean that you are self-sacrificial. You know, it it doesn't mean that you're a doormat. Doesn't mean you're you're trying to lose. You know what I'm saying? There's uh, and so if someone is being a go-giver, they're also setting themselves up in a position where they're going to be able to embrace law number five, which is the law of receptivity because that's a big part of it, too. So I think it's great to give away certain things. In fact, what we find, especially with the advent of the Internet more than ever now, when you can give away value, when you can give away free content, you're going to actually make more money, because when you give away great value, but you don't give away everything, people understand that you know there's a lot more where that comes from. So I would say that if he is giving away enough information that people can genuinely benefit from it. I mean, it has to be real value, not not false value where, well, if you really want to know, you got to get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about giving away real value that people can embrace, but now being able to now welcome them to take that next step. 
in which they are going to need your services in order to get to that next step. So if, let's say, as far as someone learning guitar, uh, and what he's giving away are the, is you know the first step for someone to get comfortable with this. Now he has to be able to do it, though, in such a way that he's building that trust of competence and character with what he's doing, but also giving them now the next, uh, the next hoop to walk through. Okay, So the next step is for information on blah, 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 uh, you know, e click here or email here or what have you, and then there's no reason why when they get that next thing, whatever it is he's sending, which might be three steps to taking it to the next level. Well, again, have it information. Maybe this is in the form of a, of a, an ebook, or maybe it's in the form of an audio, or it can even be in the form of another video. However, in this video, now he's got testimonial quotes crawling through it, talking about how you know. I took that first free le after taking that first free lesson I decided to enroll in Dave's course and I couldn't believe in just 90 days I was able to go from boom to boom you know as long as it's truthful of course but okay. you can never have too many testimonials uh as the great copywriter Joe Polish says um what other people say about you has infinitely more value than what you say about you so let others say it <laughs> okay so that's important so so this free uh, widget he's giving away these, this free lesson has to be part of an ongoing marketing sequence. What he's doing with this first lesson is he's getting people who are his prospects to raise their hand and identify themselves. But now you've got to lead them to the next step. They're not going to know what to do without you, you advising them. You lead them to the next step to get more information, and along with that information is the great testimonials plus the offer that you're giving them. And, of course, that offer should be giving them much more in value than what you're going to take in payment while you are still making a significant profit. Does that make sense? It makes absolute crystal clear sense there, Bob, and it kind of goes back to a lot of the other principles as well. So you touched on it, uh, law number five, receptivity. Let's dive right into that, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap it up with uh, we know what the next, what's happening next with the HEG Summit and all that. So let's dive right into the law of receptivity. Can you uh, sure. give us – you mean you already kind of touched on it, but let's – Well, it basically says – no, it, that's fine. It, it basically says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. It's understand that, that uh, giving and receiving are two sides of the same coin that it's not one or the other. It's not, well, gosh, don't you just give to give? Well, yeah, you do give to give, but you're also receiving. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, but isn't that two different things? No, they're the same thing. It's, it's, it's what John calls the treacherous dichotomy. I call it the false dilemma. A false dilemma can be defined by the unnecessary use of the word or, such as do you want to be wealthy or happy, as though it's only one or the other. Well, it's not. It's both. Mm -hmm. And we've been so trained by, I think, in, in many ways, whether it's by upbringing, environment, schooling, whether it's the news media, whether it's television shows or movie scripts, where so often, the, and, we'll, and we'll talk about this a lot at the conference, about how we're basically trained to uh, unintentionally, I mean, I don't think there's anything conspiratorial about it, but, but unintentionally trained by society to see uh, being poor as something good and righteous and being wealthy as something bad and evil. And that absolutely is groundless. It, it's, it's based in, in fear and it's based on false premises. So what we want is to be both. <laughs> we want to be wealthy and happy. I'll never, you know, what, I, I remember the movie Arthur and with uh, Dudley Moore and uh, Liza Minnelli. And at the very end of the movie, 
when Arthur was going to give up his his inheritance so that he could marry uh, the very poor uh, Liza Minnelli's character, uh, he said, well, I've always been, I'm trying to think, he said, I've always been rich. Uh, really, he was wealthy, not rich. Rich is different than wealthy. But I've always, he said, I've always been rich, uh, but I've always been uh, uh, unhappy. And Liza Minnelli's character said, well, I've always been poor, but I've always been happy. And then uh, Arthur's wealthy grandmother says, nonsense. I've always been rich, and I've always been happy. And why not? Absolutely. And why not? When you're, when you're wealthy, you can give so much more to charity. You can help those people who truly cannot help themselves. You can help your family. You can add to society. You can add to the economy. You can add to your country. And, you know, by the way, if I, if I may, on my, uh, I have a blog at Berg.com, which is B-U-R-G.com, and they can go to the blog site. Uh, what I've been doing is I've been writing an ongoing series entitled uh, Capitalism versus Socialism, Understanding Premises. And uh, it, it's not every article. It's about every two weeks or every three weeks I include another article in the series. I really want to do my best to do my part to help people understand and go back to the premises of what a free society is and the blessings of a free society as opposed to a, a society in which government is given way too many of our rights. Um, and so I, I encourage people to come to that site, check it out from the very first one, follow the series if they'd like, and then pass that along to others. You know, again, that's not my core business, certainly. It's just my part because I believe we need a re-education to help the world understand that big government does not help the poor. Big government is not charitable. As George Washington said, big government is not eloquence, it's not charity, it's force. That's great, Bob. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to check out your uh, your blog there when I get a chance and and follow it. But so we got a lot of great stuff there. And Arlen, I want to kind of invite you in here to maybe share some of your uh, stories. So you did a great uh, talk on the last day of our uh, pick uh, the the retreat we had in at your farm last summer on this particular law, the law of receptivity. Anything you can highlight there out of your talk for those listening today? Well, I really find that the law of receptivity is the one that a lot of people struggle with the most. And it, it does go back to, you know, we've all been taught it's better to give than receive. And, and uh, as Bob stated, you know, you can't, you can't have one without the other. It's impossible for someone to be a giver if there's no one to receive. And the thing that really came uh, to my understanding was that if I refuse to receive, I am robbing someone of the chance of being a giver. Mm -hmm. And it, right on. It, it stops the cycle. And uh, so I've, I've worked hard to try to learn to, to be a, a gracious receiver and to realize that that's part of the whole process of making this whole uh, set of laws work. Is it, it, We have to learn to receive. We have to learn to receive graciously and know that by receiving, we're, we're you know, enabled to then become givers. And so, uh, you know, it's important for us to, to really recognize kind of the whole circle of how this all works together and the importance of it. And really, the, as Bob has stated, you know, the, the foundational truth of how this was really a, an important part of our nation and its creation. And uh, we're, uh, we're seeing some signs of straying away from that in some areas, certainly, and, and have for the last number of years. But... Uh, you know, as I see more and more people grasping these principles and, and applying them to their businesses, 
the, the thing that always happens is that these principles work. And uh, as we learn to receive, we will be enabled to give. And uh, it's just a blessing that continues to, to occur over and over. Well, that's so true, Arlen. And I mean, that was, uh, you know, kind of nailed it right on the head there. So, guys, you know, we talked prior to uh, going live this morning on how we were going to fill up a whole hour. Well, you know what? We're 45 minutes into it. So uh, it doesn't take long to uh, fill up an hour of content. Um, Arlen, we've got this great uh, HEG Summit uh, coming up. You know, the um, for those that are listening that are members of HEG and potentially, uh, you know, some IT professionals out there who uh, who may be, uh, you know, hearing the HEG message for the first time. Uh, tell us about HEG Summit and, you know, of course we're going to have our peer group meetings at the, at the beginning and the end for different peer groups, but this is the first time we're actually having a conference for all HEG members and, of course, Bob's uh, key, uh, keynoting there. But, you know, this is a great example of you giving being a go-giver, Arlen, is, you know, you're bringing all these guys, you know, all these people together in uh, in Dallas and, you know, what what's the goal? What what are we what are we looking to achieve here? Well Stuart, the the reality is that uh probably this year more than, than we ever had dreamed, the need for us to be together and to learn from one another is greater than, than it's ever been. Uh you know, more and more people in our industry are struggling right now with the economy and some of the uh results that it's creating and there's there's a lot of power and opportunity when we get together and we share with one another and we learn from each other. And so the whole premise of, of HTG and, and particularly our summit conference event is to bring the best and the brightest together and allow them to share things that they're doing that have made a difference in their business. So it, it's really creating an atmosphere allowing people to be go-givers and, and to share successes with the full intent that there will be a group of people there that are ready to receive and take it back and put it to work and to watch it make a difference in their companies as well. And so we have a host of things lined up, uh, you know, starting with uh, our, our keynote stuff on Tuesday. But all day Wednesday we have, uh, I think, 18 different breakout sessions where we'll have different members and industry experts sharing content that, people will be able to just take back with them and put it to work right away. That is the key, of course, to, to this whole event is it's, this is not about coming and taking a bunch of great notes you can take home and put them on the shelf and never look at them again. We want everyone to come and take home at least one thing that they can go apply immediately in their businesses to make an impact. And, you know, we feel that, that that's the best way we can help folks right now, particularly in the economy that we're in today is to provide and equip them with tools that they can put to work immediately to change and impact their business and to serve their clients more effectively. And so that's the goal. That's what we're about, what we're trying to do. Thursday morning, as we uh, wrap up the event, we're going we're gonna to spend a little bit of time looking back across HTG and its history, talking about what, what's going on currently, and then looking into the future and really trying to paint a picture for what HTG will become as we continue to apply the go-giver principles in the years ahead. So if, the, if, you know, if you're an HTG member and you're kind of sitting on the fence there, you know, thinking, do I stay late or do I come early, I think it would be in your best interest to invest those extra two days and, and hang out with the HTG all folks in, in Dallas after your, your meetings are done or prior to the, the second half meetings. 
Bob, you're you're speaking there. What a, what's the uh, the the guy sitting in the you know a fourth row on the left hand side going to walk away with? What's that? What can they look forward to? Well, uh, at my program specifically, yeah, or at at, at the uh, whole event. No, from what you're going to talk about on the Tuesday afternoon. Just from what I'm going to talk about, we're going to give an overall view of the go-giver philosophy while while being more specific. And so they're going to actually take away practical information that they can use that day. But I want to talk about one other thing, and I want to hit a little bit on, on what Arlen just said. You know, I, I, I'm just so blessed that I get to speak at conferences all over. And I speak at a lot of company conferences, but also organizational conferences or, or conferences where it's a whole bunch of people who maybe do the same thing, yet they don't work with each other. And, and there's one thing, or don't work with each other as part of their businesses, and there's one thing I see that is it's, it's what I call the X factor. And that is like Arnold said. I mean, you could get a, ta- a CD on the topic. You could get a book on the topic. You could really just take notes or you could find out from someone else what was said, the important points. But there's an X factor of being there. Here, it's on actually a couple of different levels. One is the relationships that you just you just find with people that you make with people, people who will be friends, advisors to you, and that you'll be advisors to them, friends to them for the rest of your lives. Your families will get to know each other. You'll know you have a place to stay when you're in that area, and likewise, I mean, there's a a, a specialness about that that's beyond words. But you'll also at the event when you're listening to the different speakers, not necessarily me, but any of the the great speakers who are going to be presenting, there's an idea that you'll get that at one point you'll kind of stop and you'll say, you know what, this is what I came for. This is the idea that I need, that I can take back, and it's going to make a difference in my business. There's something about these live events that happens, that, that that just happens. You're taking the notes and you say, oh, this was it. This was the epiphany. This was this is what I just got fed by being here. So I'm going to suggest that, you know, if you're on the fence about going, just just to make that decision to go and just enjoy yourself. And gosh, just from what I've learned about you guys and, and seeing what you've done, I can't think of any conference I would want to attend more just as a participant uh, I just feel doubly honored to get to come as a as a guest speaker. I mean, I can't tell you how honored I am. I wish I could stay for the whole thing. As you know, I'm leaving that night to head back to Florida because then two days later, uh, my business partner, Tom Scott, and I, we hold a conference every year called Extreme Business Makeovers, and we're going to be blessed to have Arlen as one of our CEO roundtable members. So we can't wait for that. And, Stuart, uh, you've been invited as our guest as well. And um, and so uh, you know, I, so I'm having to go back early in, in Ireland. The the uh, the road warrior is going to be going right from Dallas into Orlando, I guess, so that he can be part of the panel. So we can't wait for Ireland to share his knowledge and, and for our our attendees uh, to get the benefits of Ireland's wisdom. You know, and the um, you know the reality what you guys have mentioned there, both Ireland and and what you said, Bob. And I don't know if we actually hit on it, but you know, we kind of skirted around it. Is if you don't show up, this is what I learned in life. If you don't show up, no matter if you're, you know, at home with your family or at the office or in your community or at a conference, if you if you're physically not there, uh, you miss out on everything. Sometimes we're there physically but not there mentally, and we mm-hmm. miss all kinds of stuff going on. I think the, the the tip here is, you know, to show up, be present, participate, 
and walk away with that one aha moment. You know, if you go there and get one great idea, I think it's well worth the investment. Arlen, we got a few minutes left. Any last-minute uh, comments from uh, from your side there? Yeah, I really want to emphasize what you just said, Stuart. The world is run by people that show up, and uh, so many people miss that tr- that truth and that reality. And so uh, I, I too want to encourage folks to. Uh, to be in Dallas and to participate in this summit event. Uh, I also would tell HTG members to uh, to keep an eye on their email for the next uh, day or two as we're going to have an exciting announcement to make around the event that uh, we're just able to make now based on some things that have transpired. So uh, I'm excited about what's coming in uh, in about a month and uh, looking forward very much to uh, to the time together it really is the magic of being together, having those conversations one-on-one with other folks, and taking the content that's presented and, and boiling it down to that one thing that we can take home and put the work right away. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing both of you and Dallas in about a month and uh, having a great time together. Great. Thanks, Arlen. Now, pay attention to Arlen's blog at peerpower.blogspot.com or hegblogs.com. We'll, we'll get those announcements posted up on there as well. You know, Bob, I, before we get together in Dallas next month, I have a well-deserved family vacation in Cancun that I'm looking forward to <laughs> after having a long, cold winter here in Canada. Mm. But, you know, um, I wish I could join you guys in Florida. I, I, I don't know if, sure if, if Arlen passed along. I already got my flights booked, and I, I promised my lovely wife that I would spend more time at home this year. No, I think that's so, probably a good move. <laughs> yeah. but any any last-minute uh, closing uh, comments from your side there, Bob? No, just really, I, I'm so impressed with with all you you guys have done. I just think it's wonderful what you're doing. I, I just I can't tell you how honored I am to be asked to be a speaker at this. So I'm looking forward to this in a way that that transcends, uh, you know, the the usual. And I, and I enjoy all, you know speaking for every every group and organization. I, I'm so lucky, so fortunate, so blessed to, to do what I do. But I'm so stoked about coming to this event. I just I can't wait to meet everyone. I just just wish I could stay for the whole event. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing uh seeing you and meeting you for the first time and and of course always seeing Arlen. He's uh, you know, one of my trusted colleagues and uh, and good friends. So I'll be looking forward to um uh, you know, catching up with both you guys uh, in uh, in Dallas in gee, just over a month. So uh it's amazing how time flies. Gentlemen, thank you for uh for your time this morning. Um this very special uh, edition of uh, Small Business IT Radio, and you know this month we're full of uh, special shows. Um, we uh, just con- confirmation this morning that uh, Dr. Joseph Michelli, who wrote the Starbucks Experience book, will be joining us on uh, March 31st for another special program talking about uh, you know what he learned by studying Starbucks and how we can take that and put it into our our customer delivery models and how we service our customers. So. Uh, he'll be joining us at the end of the month. Uh, you can check it all out at smallbusinessitradio.com. To all the HCG members out there, look forward to seeing you all in uh, in a month. Uh, and uh, for those people that are in our local community here that are or throughout the world, uh, thanks for listening. And we will talk with you all soon. This is Stuart Crawford, and we're going to sign off for uh, the special edition of Small Business IT Radio for today. Thank you, for everybody, for joining us. <laughs>